everybody to the 74th episode of the West Coast Preps Podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Morland-Toon. Football is pretty much over in the Bay Area. We've got just, looks like a couple more games set for this upcoming weekend, but it's not your full slate of games anymore Thursday through Saturday like we've had for the last five to six weeks in the Bay Area, which, by the way, you can check out all of the content at westcoastpreps.com for game recaps, photo galleries, takeaways, rankings, athlete recognition, etc. We were at plenty of games this weekend. Our game of the week was Akamani's against Cal on Saturday night. I was there. I know Greg stopped by near the end for that. Greg was at Monta Vista, San Ramon Valley. We were also at Marin Catholic at Redwood. There was Sarah St. Ignatius. On Friday, there was Deer Valley Freedom. We were there for pictures for that game. Liberty Heritage. Greg was at the big game between Napa against Vintage. Vintage concluded a perfect season for them, too. Just completely dominated opponents, but Rivalry weekend just concluded. The area high school football is almost done for a few months, but it's weird to say only for a few months because football is going to be coming back in about, what is that, five months when the next season starts? Just about, just about. Not even, right? What is it? Late August is when the first game is just about played, right? Yep. So, yeah, we only got about four months until the next season already starts. So, what a hectic uh, six week it's been, though. It's been a very fun season, very short season. I can't wait to get back to a full regular season next year with playoffs because I don't know, this season left me wanting just a little bit more. As much fun as it was, you know, that playoffs, we missed it this year. So it just left me wanting more, but I'm glad that we only have to wait a few more months until we're right back into football season. Yeah, you wonder what some of these playoffs could have looked like. What could a Vintage have done this year after making the semis the last couple of years? What could a Pittsburgh have done? They made it back to the championship game like they did a year ago. Sarah, Valley, Christian, Clayton Valley, could they have had another big postseason and go for another state championship after winning league this year and winning state NCS NorCal last year after this whole gauntlet they've had? A lot of different opportunities for teams. Marine Catholic, Camp Lindo, Los Gatos, all these undefeated teams we had, right? These teams don't get that opportunity this year, but no. the good part is they did get five, six games, a lot of them, unless you had some COVID situations. You can schedule some games, whatever it was, but the good part is we did get a season in, and we saw that come to fruition this weekend where a lot of people were pretty much celebrating after games and taking plenty of photos with their families that, hey, we did get this thing done, which is big. Yeah. Well, we, I already know that Pitt would have beat David in the playoffs this year. That was That's been predicted, GMT guaranteed, for a long time. So we, we already know what would have happened in the postseason. There's just a couple other games that you know would have been fun to watch. But anyways, other than that, yes, it was just a huge celebration for all these teams. I think everyone was grateful that there was any sort of season that we got to get in this year because there was so much uncertainty. Um, talked to Jack Quigley, San Ramon Valley's quarterback, after their win against Monta Vista. And he honestly thought there was no football season. Uh, he participated in the WCA Travel League in the first season that they had. And he thought that there was no season. So that's part of the reason why he went into in playing that. But just a grateful feeling for all of them. Um, grateful for the seniors who actually got a chance to finish off their season and get to play their final high school games and final high school seasons. Um, before they go off to college or go off to do whatever is the next step for all these great seniors that we got to see play over the last couple months. Yeah, now let's go into some of these games that we covered. I know Friday you were at the big game, Napa against Vintage. Just what were your initial takeaways from that rivalry game and Vintage coming out undefeated? Well, my first thought as soon as I walked in the stadium is this stadium is amazing. 
the best stadium in the Bay Area. Um, but then as we got to the games, the atmosphere in that stadium was tremendous. Um, obviously, a huge stadium could have a lot more fans in there and social distance properly. They had some students there, some student sections. Uh, band was there and all that sort of stuff. And the first half was just electric and just a lot of fun. Um, it ended up being a 14-7 first half lead for Vintage after a goal line stand by Vintage. But big hits, truck sticks were used. Um, I mean, just everything. Everything you could ask for in a football game was in that first half. A great couple big-time plays, uh, big-time pass touchdown, big-time run touchdowns. Uh, Dylan Smith with the touchdown in the first half. And it just... Everything you could ask for in that first half. And then Vintage came out in the second half after a great halftime performance that they put on for the big game every year. Vintage came out and crushed them. You know, pun intended. I like using that pun. The Vintage Crushers absolutely crushed Napa in the second half. And they proved that they were dominant. As dominant as they've been all year, putting up 60 points on teams, they showed that in the second half. And you look at their final numbers. Dylan Smith does what he always does. 19 carries, a lot for a mister because a lot of games, right? Done at halftime for Vintage, 198 yards, three touchdowns. Bill Stradez, eight carries, 81 yards, and a score. Adam Wesner, 54 yards on six carries. Wazadi Schmacko, one carry, 53 yards, and a touchdown. But Vintage just dominated opponents this year. And just to give you a little update on how much they did kill teams, 321 to 27 was the final score this year. Yeah, uh, the defense absolutely dominated. They. Yeah, one big play, um, which was just a defensive breakdown in the backfield, uh, according to the coach. But a great throw and a great catch, and um, you know, was the one score that Napa got. And then a defensive stand at the goal line in the final seconds of the first half, which really changed the outlook of the second half, and I think changed the momentum of the game. You know, you're looking at a 14-14 score going to halftime, all momentum going to Napa. Instead, it's all momentum going to Vintage with the lead going into half and really changed the second half of the game. Um, I think that was that was the, the game changer right there, was that, that goal line stand. So the defense was dominant, uh, especially in the second half, and the offense absolutely did what they did every year. Yes, they did Vintage. Like I mentioned earlier, it would have been cool to see what they could have done in the postseason. Fortunately, I don't get that this year, but maybe next year Vintage continues his success and goes on a big run. But now let's go into another Friday night game, the Brentwood Bowl Liberty against Heritage. Heritage entered the contest at number 22 in the Bay Area. I know Greg got a little bit of flack for his pick after this game. And you know what? The flack was true because Liberty pulled out the 30-21 victory there to finish the season in that rivalry game. Heritage had a great season came coming into that one. Really changed the culture of their program with Dave Fogelstrom this year, that senior class. So, you know, some young guys coming up at Liberty pulled this one out of big game. They started off so because their first four plays, four penalties, right? Three false starts in the holding. Liberty settles down after that first drive. They get big plays. Nate Bell just has an incredible game. That sophomore quarterback, everyone's got to know his name now. One of the more underrated and, under, and overlooked prospects, I should say, in the entire Bay Area. For 195 yards in the touchdown, ran for another 138 yards and three scores. He had a crazy 77-yard touchdown run there near the end. He posted that on Twitter. Check that out. Just remarkable play. It was two running backs ran into each other in the backfield. Kind of a botched play there, a busted play. But Nate Bell found a way going down the left sideline and cutting back down right for the, one of the crazier touchdowns that you'll see all season. 
Liberty gets that win. Aki Kapua Flores in this final high school game had 99 receiving yards in that one. He had their big running backs. Davion Hill and Jalen Thompson both ran for over 80 yards in that game. Big guys, but Liberty's just came up with just the right amount of plays to win that game. And Nate Bell just keeps getting better. He had some of his best games of his high school career so far in those last two weeks. And the crazy part about it, too, was he played with a hurt shoulder. He hurt his throwing shoulder the week before against Freedom in the Bell game, a game they won a game he went crazy in as well. Didn't throw all week, and then he came out there and helped to lead Liberty as a sophomore quarterback to a win over Heritage. Yeah, a gutsy performance. Reminds me a little bit of Justin Fields' performance in the playoff uh, where he had his hurt shoulder and just kept on kept on playing hard. And I think that's what Nate Bell is. He's just a gutsy guy that he's going to go out there and work his butt off every single time he hits the field. But I definitely got some flack for this game, and I quite frankly deserved it. I picked Heritage. Who's still a great football team? Yes, they are for sure. Um, still played a great game, but I don't know. I, I slept on Liberty. I'm not gonna lie, you slept on Liberty and you slept on San Ramon Valley. Okay, San Ramon Valley, I did not sleep on. You picked Monta Vista to beat them. You slept on San Ramon Valley. No, that's not sleeping. That's that was a didn't strategic a of, pick. Didn't a couple of players come up to you after that game too? Well, yeah, rightfully so. Caleb Bridget and Ridley. I think Quigley said something too at some point during the day. I got some flack, but hey, you know what? It was strategic. I had one chance to beat you. I had one chance. I had to roll with Monta Vista. You were almost right too. Let's get into that game now. Monta Vista, San Juan. I was almost right. That was that's the game of the weekend for me for sure because that game went back and forth from the start. San Ramon Valley always seems to come out hot. Um, every game I've been to, they came out hot, especially the last two weeks. Last week, they had an eight-and-a-half-minute drive where they just came down and scored a touchdown easily on Clayton Valley against a great defense. And they did the same thing. This time only lasted about four minutes, but quickly to J.P. Murphy, who made a tremendous catch. And it's no longer mossed. You've now been murphied. It's no longer getting mossed because that dude is an absolute beast, and his first touchdown catch was probably the best catch of the season that I've seen all year. So... But then there comes Monta Vista right back, and then they tie up the game. And then there you go, San Ramon Valley now takes a 14-7 lead, and then Monta Vista comes back and ties it up, and all of a sudden they have a 21-7 lead after another touchdown, and just kept going back and forth. But eventually we were tied at 21, and then I think it was Jack Quigley, Caden Ridley for that final touchdown to win the game with about six minutes left in the fourth a goal line stand by San Ramon Valley where Gavin Cribb was literally probably about half a yard away from scoring a touchdown to tie up the game just needed one more little outstretch but he couldn't get there it was stopped at the goal line and then quickly with a couple QB sneaks they punted it away but Monta Vista could not get back to the end zone or to a shot at the end zone, I should say, after an interception to end the game. And then we had fans there, so people stormed the field. It was a huge celebration. Um, pictures being taken. J.P. Murphy was emotional after the game. Lost his seniors emotional. They have never lost that trophy. They've been able to win that regular season game for the last four years. Um, they did lose in the playoffs last year to Monta Vista, but for the San Ramon Valley seniors, they've never lost that game in the regular season. So... 
it was a lot of celebration. Obviously, all these kids are, are friends um, and whatnot. The times have changed. It's not really a rivalry anymore, and they've all been able to play together and whatnot. So it was just an embrace. Obviously, a tough season for Monta Vista, but what a game it was. Game A game of changing of momentums all day long. Now, let's say Gavin Cripp scores on that play. Does Monta Vista go for two, though? No. You think they just go for the no, tie? No, they go for the tie. There's too much time left. You go for the tie and just try and have your defense. If it's like a last-second score, maybe. But there's still, I think, a minute, two minutes left, minute and a half left when he when he got stopped at the goal line. I think they just kicked the field goal. You got you got a surefire kicker there at Monte Vista too in Price. So and you're not. I think you just go for the tie and go play overtime. Yeah, Monte Vista is the greatest 0 16 you're ever going to see. That's for sure. That's for sure. There's a reason I picked them many, many times this year to win games. Yep. I think I picked them three or four times this year to to win the game. That's probably the reason why I lost. Monta Vista. Monta Vista and Clayton Valley Charter all year. Those are the two teams that are the reason why I lost this year. Yes, they are. They just cost Greg a championship from Monta Vista 0-6. You look at it, too. <laughs> That schedule they had, right? Week one contact tracing. They're without 20-plus kids. A lot of receivers and DBs missing from that game. Then they get into the East Bay Athletic League Mountain Division, one of the toughest leagues in America. And just the ball didn't bounce their way a lot of times, and they had a lot of one-score losses this yep. season, a lot of really close ones. You just look at it, Clayton Valley, Cal, San Ramon Valley, and just go up and down the list, and it was just so many tough defeats yeah. on that schedule. But Shannon Valley finishes a 4-2 and two in the year, top 15 in the Bay Area football rankings. And another game we got Saturday during the day was Marin Catholic against Redwood. Redwood last year was a league champion. Marin Catholic came back this year. A lot of these kids knew each other, grew up together. A lot of kind of fun trash talk there on the field throughout it. But Marin Catholic came out with the win. They went up 9 to nothing. Redwood makes it a 9-3 ball game. Then they get a touchdown pass while the receivers interfere with to take a 10-9 to lead late in the first half. But no, offsetting penalties on the play because they also call an offensive penalty on Redwood on that play. And you know what happens a couple plays later? A fumble, Marin Catholic recovers a few plays after that. Michael Ingrashi hits Matt Jacobson for a long touchdown. Marin Catholic takes a 16-3 to lead at the half and seizes the momentum for a 30-3 to victory. But Redwood made that a game for a while. Marin Catholic just... Was too much in the end and snatched that momentum when they needed to. Michael Ingrashi, the dual threat quarterback, 259 passing yards, three touchdowns. Also led the team with 67 rushing yards and a touchdown. Matt Jacobson, two of his three catches, one for scores, and he had 96 yards. UC Davis signee Mateo Perez, two catches for 30 yards and nine carries for 58 yards. This is a team that they're never going to forget because after they game, Mozzie Moy, the Marine Catholic head coach, told his team after we were going to put a picture up on a wall in his office, it would be of this team. And Mateo Perez told me after the game, too, probably the greatest season Marin Catholic has had. We've had such an unexpected run of events occurring, and to be able to even play a season with the guys I enjoy playing with is awesome. Marin Catholic's obviously got a great history. They've had Jared Goffs out of there. They've won section championships. They've had a lot of college players come out of it, a lot of special teams out of them. Ten games, eleven games, etc. But this one overcame so many different obstacles that you won't see when undefeated Finish it off at five and zero with a thirty three win over Redwood. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm just going to go into the next game because Coach Walsh of Sarah, uh, which we covered that game on Saturday afternoon as well, said something similar to his team. You know, 
they're not hanging up a banner in terms of titles or anything like that this year um, because of the, the shortened season and whatnot. But there's something bigger in the terms of the obstacles that these kids went through. You know, there there is a certain sense of pride um, to get through this season and to, to win games and to even play this season because of what everyone went through. Um, and so just going into that, uh, what a special moment it was um, for Sarah and their seniors. But it started off as a defensive heavy battle in this one. Um, it was 3 nothing for a long time and then 7-3 for a long time all the way up until halftime. And then Sarah just came out of half and not sure what clicked for them. Something clicked for that Sarah offense, and they just started to, to score. Um, ended up scoring 34 points in the game as it was a 34-3 final. Hassan Mahasin, another big game. Dominic Lampkin, another big game. You up and down the Sarah roster, it's big. Big-time talent everywhere. But you saw a couple freshmen play. Jabari Mann, another good game for him as well. Joseph Bay had an interception in the game. So you look at this Sarah roster, they're going to be good for multiple years as they already have multiple freshmen with D1 offers and contributing at the varsity level, which is amazing and honestly just it's really impressive to me. But I think the main, the biggest story and one of the biggest moments of this game was Finn Williams at the end of the game with a pick six. It was just a special moment. You know, we all know how much Finn has put into his craft of playing football. We all know how much he loves the game of football. Um, he told me that he'll be going to College of San Mateo next year um, and trying to you know, continue further his football career. But what a special moment it was. His final game as a Sarah Padre, getting that pick six, and then coming back to the sidelines, it was just a celebration for all the seniors. Um, and obviously they have a lot of great seniors this year, as, long, as well as they have Pedersen along with Williams and among many others on that team. But what a moment it was for Sarah and then, the Gatorade bath for Coach Walsh after the season. Like you said, just more celebrations. Yeah. That's really what this week was all about, was celebrating getting through the season. Yeah, because you look at it, there was so much that went into making this season happen. COVID tests once per week. Trying to stay in your little bubbles with your teammates and maybe staying away from friends for a little bit and just making sure that you were able to get five games and six games and get enough film in there for all your guys and just get back to some sense of normalcy. Because it was hard for a lot of people for a long time, right? East not just like it was delayed a month or two they pushed it back to january then february then it started in march just kept getting pushed back and i doubted if a season would ever happen at all then the night before they announced i was looking at you and i'm like the season's not gonna happen look what happens the next day california's like no you guys can play and they got a season in but there was so much that went into it that's why there were so many tears involved from so many guys whether that's coaches players because it's one of the hardest years a lot of people are ever gonna endure yeah. This and a lot of kids were without their friends for a long time, just the Zoom classes. So it was great to see some students back in attendance, bands, cheerleaders, the whole enchilada. Because I know to all these people, it's not just the student athletes, it's everybody involved. And it was a long year for everybody, the band members, not being able to do their halftime shows. I know I saw a halftime show Friday, and that was a great sight to see. Mm -hmm. But there was, there was so much that people had to sacrifice to make the season happen, and they did. Yeah, and I think that made this weekend's game so special is because you did see fans you did see student sections you know here sporadically spread out and whatnot but they were there um and ceremony valley had you know a pretty good fan base out there monta vista had a good fan base out there in that big stadium 
Um, I already talked about Napa Stadium out there and how how electric that game was. You just went every game I went to this weekend was electric because fans were there and just the excitement and the emotions of this season all came to culmination last week and this weekend I should say. Um, it was just I don't know, it's hard to put into words how special a moment it was for all these teams and all these kids. It was special for us too to be able to see these kids go through this and it was even more special for a guy like Patrick Walsh because he was one of the leaders of the Lattice Play movement yep. and he was able to help be at the forefront of getting high school sports back in California and he got to finish off the season safely without really any bad not many happening. hiccups yeah not really any hiccups you had to think maybe some hiccups are going to come for everybody didn't really see a whole lot maybe a game canceled here or there we had a game canceled over the weekend but maybe some contact tracing knocked some guys out we saw that with Monta Vista's game right but that was some of the few hiccups you had all season Bellarmine St. Francis had a hiccup but that's going to be played this upcoming weekend on Saturday at 6 o'clock so they got through this season it's a testament to all the work that everyone put in and we saw all of that again Saturday night at Akalani's and that West Coast Preps game of the week you can check out all the coverage from that at westcoastpreps.com and all of our games that we were at Sakalani season senior class with Brady Hutchinson and all of these guys were waiting for the senior year forever they all grew up together playing football together baseball together they were taking a million photos after the game and you understand why there went there was so much that went into this Akalani's senior class came in wanting to change it. It had been three decades since they won a league championship in football. They came in, they never lost a home game in their four years, the senior class. They won a league title last year. This year they went 5-1 and one in a crazy COVID year, right? They had some big wins. Bonifista, Las Lomas, Cal to end the season. Their only loss was to Camp Lindo, and Camp Lindo was undefeated with another remarkable senior class over there. Akalani's, though, they we took a 14-out halftime lead. It goes back and forth. Then Akalani's a nice Long drive there at the end, and then Cal comes back. They're starting to drive the field, but a missed field goal there at the end. Akalani's comes away with the win in the final seconds. And special teams will go into what Brady Hutchinson and some of his receivers did and his running back did, but special teams told a large part of the story because there was a fake field goal for a touchdown early in the second half. Brady Hutchinson to Evan Malmquist, who had a 47-yard extra point after a personal foul call that Hunter Ridley hit. Fantastic special teams player as well who had some deep punts and one that pinned Cal at its own six on its final drive that was nearly a game-winning drive. Think of that punt to the six-yard line. That was a huge determining factor in the outcome of that ball game because let's say he punts that ball to the 20. What happens? Does Cal get in? You don't know. It's a numbers game, right? Cal's in the end zone at that point. It's just on a sheer numbers game. We don't know how plays actually go after that, but on a sheer numbers game, that's what's going to happen. But Brady Hutchinson, someone we've talked about for so long. The Akalani so, senior so quarterback, much. the leading passer in the North Coast section, comes away with a huge game in his final game in an Akalani's uniform, right? 288 passing yards, three touchdowns, 45 rushing yards. He hit all of his receivers throughout the night, extending plays. You had, man, Dante Montgomery, five catches, 102 yards. Evan Monk was six catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Will Berrien, five catches, 50 yards. Sam Heyman, two catches, 36 yards. Akalani's is dynamic. And they are going to lose some of these seniors like Brady Hutchinson and Hunter Ridley. But you look at some of these young receivers coming up. Akalani's has a bright future. And you saw all of it. You saw their great senior class and all the future of Akalani's football on display Saturday when they beat Cal. Yeah, and I got a chance, you know, because the Monta Vista game started. Monta Vista San Ramon Valley game started at 530. So I had a chance to go just hang out and be a fan, you know, for once. And just go out there and watch the end of this game and... 
it was insane. I got there right after the fake field goal, which would have been a lot of fun to see. But the throws that you know San Ramon Valley, or sorry, that California was making, the throws that Hutchinson was making, the the defensive plays. Um, you're right. The punts by Ridley were honestly game changers, and it was just a great game. And then coming all the way down to the final seconds and the missed field goal, it was an incredible game. Um, and we've, like you said, we've talked about Brady bunch here at west coast preps on this podcast um and even on the sidelines there just some of the throws that this guy makes um it's hard to fathom that this guy is not a d1 quarterback at some point in his career he's got the size he's got the tools he's got the talent he's got the arm he's got the production he's got the leadership yeah with without a doubt um and he's a winner he's shown that over the last four years he showed that last year he showed that this year um, so I'm excited to see where he ends up going um, and just to see his career progress because I know it will. Um, he's just a great kid, great attitude. I'm excited for his career and where he's going to end up going. Maybe he's like another Brady, Tom Brady, where he's just always always overlooked in high school and college and whatnot and eventually he just gets his shot. I'm not all sure. Brady needs a shot. That's all I'm telling you. All that dude needs is a shot. Yeah. That's all he needs, without a doubt. So, excited to see where he ends up going. But what a year of football that we've had. Yes, it's it was. What a a year lot of fun. And someone who had a great year. Our Athlete of the Week, once again, our Men's Athlete of the Week at West Coast Preps. Check it out at westcoastpreps.com. It's Christopher Sr., Logan Stelling. 274 rushing yards, 28 carries, 3 touchdowns. Also led the team in receiving yards, 57 yards and one touchdown on three catches as Christopher beat Gilroy 35 to nothing. That was his third game of the year. His first game of the year, he went for 282 rushing yards and four touchdowns on 12 carries to beat Branham. Second game, he had 92 rushing yards. So this, so anytime he touched the ball, Logan, just was phenomenal production, did a great thing for Christopher High School this year, and an undefeated 3-0 season for them. And he's the West Coast Preps Ben's athlete of the week once again. Again, that's two times this year for him, and Man, what a year. And it was hard to choose Athlete of the Week this week. A lot of great performances this week. But it's hard to overlook, you know, 300-plus yards, 331 total yards, four touchdowns. Um, he's been he's done it two out of three weeks that he's played Athlete of the Week for Logan this year. So an incredible season for him, an incredible week, and another Athlete of the Week for him. Yes, it was. It was a really fun one to watch. It was fun to see all of this football on display this season now there's a lot of other sports still in the fold so check out our covered basketball baseball softball track soccer everything is coming up here so stay tuned for that at westcoastpreps.com be sure to subscribe to our youtube page to check out our podcast plenty of post-game interviews and interviews from practices on our youtube page be sure to follow all of our work on social media at westcoastpreps.com so long I'm gone, yeah, yeah.